You're listening to Redeeming Love, a movie companion podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Pruitt. You might know me as a speaker, author, or have seen me on ABC's The Bachelor. But right now, we're here to explore a different kind of love story. Redeeming Love is based on the best-selling novel by Francine Rivers and follows the life-changing journey of Angel, a young woman forced into prostitution who finds rescue in a man named Michael Hosea. Whether you're a fan of the book or new to the story, this podcast will be your exclusive destination for behind-the-scenes interviews with cast and crew, authentic conversations with special guests, fan Q&As, and fresh insights from the author and screenplay writer herself, Francine Rivers. Hey guys, and welcome to episode two. Maddie Pruitt here. I'm not gonna lie, today we're going to get deep. We'll be answering some of your most asked questions. We'll speak with the film's director, DJ Caruso, about how much this story and film has affected his marriage. And then hear from author Francine Rivers about her insight into the traumatic background of Angel's character. From the moment the movie begins, we get a real and raw glimpse into Sarah's devastating childhood. In the course of the opening scenes, we see her in a state of constant loss. Not only does she lose her mother, but she ends up ultimately losing her innocence and her freedom. Knowing Sarah's backstory is crucial in understanding how she grows up to be Angel. Today, Redeeming Love author Francine Rivers is here to explain to us how Sarah's past came to play out in her future. From the very beginning, um, her mother loved her unconditionally, but she also saw her mother completely broken and destroyed by men. And so she has that hatred. She blames men for everything that's happened to her. And of course, her experience, her life experience from the age of eight on, it reinforces that. So it's up to one man to to overcome that and show her that that's not the way everything is. That's not the way all people are, but it's a long battle. I mean, when people go through that kind of trauma, they have PTSD and the, and you know, the people that are so deeply wounded will very often rebel and push away the very people that love them the most. They're afraid to, to really trust and, and love again because they've been so badly hurt. So it's a, it's a long battle to reclaim them and show them, you know, the love of God. Her mom was dead. She'll be better off here. No, she won't. Grab a box of tissues and let's talk with director DJ Caruso. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited. Um, This is just an honor for me to be a part of this. And I'm a huge fan of the book. And I have seen the film. And it's amazing. It was um, so well done. And I'm so excited for everyone else to have the chance to watch it as well. So I'm just excited to be a part of this. And I just wanted to start off by saying thank you for joining us. Oh, well, thank you for having me. No, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to know that we're going to be out in the theaters as well. So hopefully people get to experience up on the big screen and, and get to see what we did because we put in a lot of time, love and care in making it for the big screen. And I'm so happy based on everything that's happened over the past 18 months or two yeah. years that we're actually going to be up on the big screen where people can really enjoy it. I bet it's so surreal. You've, I feel like you guys have been working on it for a minute. <laughs> 
<laughs> with everything yeah. with the pandemic, yeah. I'm sure that just continued to kind of delay things and put things on hold. But I do believe like everything happens for a reason and it's coming out at the perfect time. And I feel like everyone it's, it's going to be right when everyone needs to see it. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I think the timing, I think the timing is right. The timing, mm-hmm. you know, it's the timing is always right for something as powerful as this. But I right. think now that everyone's sort of gone through this and been through a lot of difficult times, things they didn't expect, things that were, were not planned and, and and very much like what happens to Angel in this in this mm-hmm. novel, you basically have to experience some some things that you wouldn't want to experience or expect in, in, in order to see the light and to come out on the other side. So to start off, I would love just to ask you, what drew you to this project? I know you have a beautiful story that I'd love for you to share with us. I've heard bits and pieces of it from my friends here, but I would love to hear it from you. I'd love for everyone else to hear this story of, of what drew you to this project in the first place. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's it's actually quite, quite interesting. My wife and I were on our 28th wedding anniversary weekend and she had just come back from a a young lives retreat up in northern california where she was watching the babies of some of the these young teenage moms that were you know trying to find themselves and, and find a place and so she loves watching the babies and someone that she was watching the babies with said to her when they went to the bookstore like oh yeah here's redeeming love i'm sure you've read this and my wife's like no i've never read this book and so to make a long story short there, she just devoured it. I think she read it in two and a half sittings or something like that wow. up in uh, Northern California. And then when we came back on our anniversary, she was saying, look, I know you do action movies and I know you do all these things, but you have to make this movie. Mm. And she she went from page one to the very end and explained every piece of this book. And I was really, really taken by it and compelled because Angel was such a complex character yeah. and had gone through so many difficult things. And, you know, my films are, I like to challenge myself and I like to challenge my audience not to have everything so saccharine, like to really say like, look, life is full of these ups and downs. It's mm-hmm. finding that beautiful balance. And and so when I, I read the book and I was like, wow, I can see this as a movie. And then I read the screenplay because uh, Cindy Bond had had been uh, established and, and had, had, had the screenplay written by Francine. And I called them and said, hey, I'm pretty interested in making this movie. And they're like, wait, is this the guy who directed Triple X with Vin Diesel? Like, oh, <laughs> <I love laughs> calling it. to make this movie? And, yeah. and I said, yeah, yeah. And so um, I met with them, told them some of the things I thought would make it a better adaptation, not to change what Francine had done, but what would, right. would happen structurally. And, and then that, that kind of was it. I fell in love with Angel and fell in love with the story. And it really mm. became part of my DNA as well. But it's all because of, of my wife's passion for this beautiful story. Wow. And how is that? Has she kind of like come alongside of you when you guys were (laughs) writing it and you were directing it? Like, what was your, did your wife have kind of a role in all of that? Yeah, she did. I mean, all the casting uh, auditions and things I shared with her. And then we got down to our final casting thing. She kind of sat in and watched a little bit. And um, it was fun because, you know, I realized after all these years of doing, being fortunate enough to make different projects and do different things and travel all over, that she'd never been so involved as before, you know, she's always been supportive and liked the right. story and like, but this was one that was really, it really is because of her. And, mm. and so it was fun to kind of include her and in all that. And uh, that made it a lot of fun. You know? That's but amazing. It also, it also immense, immense amount of pressure because of her expectations of what she had read. And also <laughs> yeah. what I found is how, how wonderful the fans, I mean, every fan who, who everyone who's ever read this book has their own vision of what, Angel right. was like what Michael was like, and so you really wanted to make sure that you were respecting everything because there's there's a lot of there's high expectations, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And how would you say, even just you know, in your own marriage, that this story has kind of brought about 
healing and, and redemption or revelation or whatever it's been in your own marriage? Like how has this storyline really spoken to you guys and, and played a role in your own marriage and life? Well, I, I think it's, it's applicable because when you approach something and obviously from an artistic point of view, it really sort of, like I said, the movie and the story becomes part of sort of your DNA and all this. Mm-hmm. And then when you actually start to piece it together and work it and, and, and you realize like we've been, we've had a blessed life, but we've gone through so many difficult times and difficult things and illnesses and, and people that are battling other struggles within our families and, and our, you know, both of our families. And so I think it really brought us together in, in a great way because you can sort of have the husband and wife relationship where, you know, obviously I don't have a nine to five job, but I go off and do a movie and go off and do this. And the right. kids come out, we go for a week and your, your life gets a little bit fragmented. And I think the most powerful message of this, particularly that that we both kind of share is, is the forgiveness, you know, that, that forgiveness of, of not holding grudges and, and loving someone and not always having the expectation that they're going to do exactly what you expect them to wow. do. Uh, or want them to do that you have to understand and let go and and really to love someone it sounds crazy but you have to set them free because they have to and we have to sort of center ourselves and understand ourselves and be okay with who we are and with God mm. in order for us to sort of become a better person or to do something special so i think it was just sort of seeped in throughout the story that whenever you're battling those the, those dark times that you know that through those cracks in your heart, there's lights going to kind of come through. And I think we've sort of carried that through the, the message of the movie and hopefully throughout to our, to our family as well and even our kids. Yeah. So kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, what was your vision for translating the novel to the film? Oh, I guess my vision was grabbing on to Angel and her experience. Obviously, Michael's a huge part of the movie, but it's really Angel's mm-hmm. story. And so really kind of understanding her and her plight and really kind of diving deep into that character so that I can tell the story from her perspective and her point of view. Yeah, uh, We do jump to Michael and, and make different things, but I really wanted to, to really kind of hang on to Angel mm. and to just take this ride from some of the darker things to some of the beautiful things and experience those things with her. And, and it's the first time outside of her mother's love and God's love in the beginning, there's such a dark period in the movie where she doesn't understand what love is and kind of yeah. forgets what it is and that rediscovery. So I really just, I, I really wanted to just make sure that I, I honored that. And then visually, I just felt by going to South Africa and really creating a tapestry that creating 1850s California, I didn't want this to be done poorly. I wanted this to be done as big as any movie's ever done it. And right. so it was really important to build that town and to capture that essence and to really photograph this movie, like many times in different films, you have four or five cameras, you're doing a lot of different things. This was really done with one camera and really every shot was composed to, for specific reasons. So it was very, it was very mannered. I was very disciplined in, in the translation. And more, most importantly, and more importantly, when you realize that, that you were just telling your story, like you read the book and you passed the book down, I can't tell you how many mothers I met that passed the book down to their daughter and then they passed it to the another girl right, in college. Right. And so right. And so it's sort of you really felt this I, I had this important responsibility to get things right and to do it the right way. And mm. and as you know, like there's great Christian movies, great Christian stories. They tend to generally not get to a point where you see something that's uncomfortable mm. on screen. And this yeah. is one of those that you had to get to a point where you're not going to see something graphic or disgusting or any, but you're going to understand 
that just like life, Angel's life mm. wasn't always pretty. And in order to experience this with her, we're going to take you here, but you're going to ultimately get to a certain yeah. place. So I was just really trying to be really disciplined in that. And and the most difficult part of it was, and I was great working with Francine, was the structure. Because the structure of the novel wouldn't really translate into a two, two and a half hour movie perfectly. And so right. we kind of played with the structure and how the flashbacks and things came in. So that was really it. It was, But most importantly for me, it was I fell in love with Angel and I just wanted to honor that story and tell her story the best I could. Which I think is powerful because I think every single person who watches this film, who reads the book relates to Angel. And, and you kind of were saying this earlier too, just the pressure you were feeling. So I want to kind of dig into that a little bit. What was it like, you know, directing a movie that was based on such a popular book? Like you said, there were so many people who were moved and touched by the book. What was that pressure like for you? Again, I think the pressure comes into when you're, uh, when you're making a film and you're a filmmaker, you make certain decisions based on your interpretation of what this story is and what it means to, to you and what Michael and Angel and the relationships and all those things, what it means to me. It's so subjective that everyone who reads a book is in a different place in their life and when they read this book and what they do. So, mm. you know, in order to sort of represent a universality in there is that it would kind of tap into everyone's experiences. You can't please everyone. You never right. can. But I think that was sort of, that was probably where I, I, I felt some of that pressure was just just making sure that my interpretation of the story, because, you know, you go, wait, the guy made triple X, what's he going to do? What does he know about love? What does he know about, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because triple X is really a love story too. It sounds crazy, but you know, you kind of find, you find your pocket in every movie and you find your themes and you make it. But I, I think this one was really just the pressure just to, to do it right. And you know, what was really gratifying was when we had our screening in, in Texas that I think, every single person who had read the book that was in the movie and saw the movie said that it exceeded their expectation. Mm, for, me, yeah. for me, that really was heartwarming, not from right. an ego point, from just saying like, okay, thank you. There's a reason, there's a right. reason I made this film. And, and, and I'm so happy that those, everyone who was in the theater that read it was saying that the movie exceeded their expectation. Yeah. I made you a princess. You're acting thinking that I'm gonna be something that I'm not. And now we're answering your questions with Redeeming Love author Francine Rivers. So what impact did the pandemic have on this production? Well, it was it was actually miraculous because uh, we had a 60-day shoot in South Africa. You know, the film was, uh, they did uh, change the street in Cape Town into 18... 50s Boston. Uh, they literally built the town of Paradise out in the rural area. Wow. And it was incredible sets. But the pandemic, the shutdown actually happened 24 hours after they finished the entire film. Wow. So all done before the shutdown. Uh, just gives me goosebumps thinking about it yeah. because the timing is so perfect. That's and then, crazy. Of course, with everything shut down, uh, they were still able to work in private studios and finish the film and have it all ready. But we've been waiting for the theaters to open. So we've had to delay a couple times. But the, the movie's been ready to go for quite a while. What part of the book was the most crucial to accurately depict on the screen for you? Well, there were a couple of really key scenes. And there was one scene. It's um, toward the end. I, I don't know how much to say because there's some <laughs> people that have not read the book that are going to be coming. But yeah. There's a very critical scene at the end 
uh, where she's on the stage with Duke and what happens there. And DJ did just an amazing job of putting that together. He came up with some ideas to get the idea across because you can't have God's voice on screen in a movie. People just wouldn't understand what's going on. But that scene, I've seen it so many times and it still just gives me goosebumps Mm. and it gets me all choked up. Uh, and there's another scene where Angel is trying to cleanse herself and and Abby just pulled that off beautifully. Yeah. It's the anguish that she's feeling from her life experience. Thank you all so much for listening. We want to hear from you. So let us know what you thought of today's episode by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. And make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Let us know on socials who you're bringing with you to see Redeeming Love. You can find us on Instagram at Redeeming Love Movie. And you can find me online at Maddie Prue. Thank you for listening. And remember, there's no brokenness that love can't heal. Redeeming Love, a movie companion podcast, is a lasting media production. I'm your host, Maddie Pruitt. Our executive producers are John Fender and Jason Barrett. Edited and produced by Ben Delameter and Jonas Litton. Administration and project management by Bethany Callahan. Special thanks to Francine Rivers, Tom Lewis, DJ Caruso, Cindy Bond, and Brandon and Brittany Lake. We would also like to thank Sandoval Agency, Skies Fall Agency, Troops and Allies, Parker Productions, and WTA Media. To learn more, follow us on socials and visit our website at redeeminglovemovie.com.